Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another Wessex LMCs podcast. Today this is another recording of our newsletter from the 31st of October 2023. So uh, I've got Will with me today. Hi Will. Hello Laura, I'm Will Howard. I'm one of the medical directors at Wessex LMCs. And of course, I'm Laura Edwards. I'm one of the joint CEOs at Wessex LMCs. So uh, cracking on through uh, your uh, update, um, the introduction of our newsletter was by Jane Cruz, who's our assistant to the directors. And she was sharing with us a, a fantastic piece of work that she had uh, been busy doing. So it was a document of the national reporting requirements put together as a calendar, uh, which we hope will be uh, an, a good aid memoir uh, of all the things that that need to be done. Uh, We're hoping it will be really valuable to practice managers, but we think also uh, if you're a GP, you might just want to open it and have a look uh, because it's quite informative to see all of the reporting requirements that need to be done and are done hopefully on your behalf Um, and definitely will be done if they use uh, this uh, document. Um, So that was a really, really useful piece of work to see. So thank you again to Jane for doing that and we hope you find that helpful. Uh, Then we move on to the Accelerated Access to Records programme update. Obviously, this was coming out uh, 31st of October, the day that this newsletter was published. It has obviously that deadline has now passed. Uh, we were still advising at that point to do the uh, data protection impact assessment and make a decision. Uh, we covered that in our not last newsletter um, of all the differing positions on this and us being quite caught between what the ICO might say, what the ICB might say. Um, and uh, the BMA has also been working uh, with some of the domestic abuse charities, so violence against, against women and children, w- sorry, violence against women and girls organisations, including Refuge and Women's Aid and End Violence Against Women Coalition, highlighting outstanding concerns around automatic prospective online access for domestic abuse survivors. So I think we're still aware that there are uh, some wrinkles in this plan. Um, really difficult as ever to be caught in between. Um, we realise it's a difficult decision for practices um, and um, some of this is, is waiting to play out really of, of which is the right decision to make. So we support you either way in making the right decision for your population and your practice. Um, Then we move on to a whole little section around pensions, which um, I have to say, having been on holiday recently, I did realise how lovely it was to not work. Uh, So those of you who are heading towards a pension age, I I am uh, envious of that. So we're just on to pensions here. So there's a a bit of sort of sad news really about uh, seniority payments, which is that PCSE, who we all know, love and cherish, um, have realised that perhaps they've made some mistakes in calculating seniority payments. And now they've found out about it, then they obviously want to go back through and uh, they're looking to claw back potentially some money in the errors that they have made. So... um, I think you will be contacted by them if it applies to you. Um, obviously quite worrying because you may have be having to go back to people who've retired and are no longer part of your practice. So the BMA have written a letter about that. Um, will, do you want to comment? Yeah, I will. It, it's probably worth pointing out what seniority is because there may be some of us. Oh, yes, so I would say some of us, some of you who are so young, you don't even know what seniority <laughs> is, which is it's a lucky you. <laughs> As a GP of 50 years of age now, I do know what seniority was, but was never really lucky enough to see the benefits of it. All my I'm going to say, it's older colleagues, is, it. isn't it? Are you exactly. old enough to know what it is or uh, <laughs> young enough that you were unlucky enough, in fact, not Absolutely. to have it? 
Exactly. So seniority was a payment that were made to GPs and the uh, figures increased as GPs uh, became more senior in their careers. Um, and it was seen as a, a benefit to working for a long period of time in the NHS as a GP. Um, it, unfortunately, it was phased out. The last payments were made on the 31st of March 2020. And that follows a gradual phasing out. Um, when the contract had been renegotiated all those years ago, almost 10 years ago, 2013-14 contract renegotiation. So it was um, uh, phased out and was the funding was diverted into the global sum. And so GPs who were slightly longer in the tooth no longer received a seniority payment. PCSE are now re-looking at the final years of the seniority payment programme and they're doing this reconciliation exercise and um, the risk of practice is that there may be some clawback um, that may be tried. And I think what we would like to do as an LMC is if you are getting this and you're having problems with this, please let us know because we'd like to know how um, big the impact is for our practices. Yeah, we can't promise that we can intervene and change it, but it's one of those things that if you highlight it, we can potentially escalate if this is causing practices problems, then whilst we as an LMC may not be able to unilaterally change these things, there is the potential we can escalate the BMA and give them awareness and again, potentially ability to negotiate if this is uh, causing unfortunate impact. So uh, get in touch. And um, that moves us on to the total reward statements, which again, are these your, these annual benefit statements, which actually know what's in your pension um, and they've just done a kind of public service announcement here really saying that because of the public service pension remedy which is all around cloud judgment etc um, then uh, there won't be a mid-year refresh this year so if you want to get in touch then it says uh, you can get an estimate of your pension by going to the NHS pensions website um, that brings us on to partial retirement which is if you haven't retired yet you know, yes if you uh, haven't retired like yet that's... House of this. So, uh... <laughs> I'd, I'd like to feel like I'm a little bit closer to that this is um, from the 1st of October 2023 all members of the NHS pension scheme aged 55 and over who have agreement from their employer can choose to take from 20% up to 100% of their pension benefits in one or two drawdown payments whilst continuing to work in NHS employment and continuing to build pension benefits in the 2015 scheme and they're calling this partial retirement um, and I think this is taking over from what we used to call and um, slightly misnomered the 24-hour retirement from the performers list um, and it's just to make GPs aware of it most importantly we would always urge GPs to take independent financial advisor advice with regard to drawdowns on their pension it has significant implications to how much you may be able to draw down and the value of your overall pension pot and therefore um, what your final payments might be moving forwards as you uh, move on further into your career and your retirement. So really make sure you get that advice. There will be a supplementary form for GPs who choose to take this, which is currently being designed as we speak. Um, and so it'll go alongside the retirement form AW8, which most practice managers will always be already be aware of um, and hope that GPs never ask for. Okay, so potentially some good news there. And I think hopefully, does that take away the slightly weird uh, requirements around you could only do 16 hours in the following month, which seems yes. like, yes. Absolutely. Just it seems so yeah. weird and wonderful. Anyway, so that hopefully has gone. It's a bit of good news there. But yeah, take individual advice uh, on what's right for you and uh, be aware of the impact, as, as what we're saying there. Uh, so, talking about impact, that moves us swiftly on to GPAS, which is General Practice Alert State. Uh, this was the tool developed by Devon L. 
LMC that we have had uh, since May 2022. Um, and it lets everybody know how things are in general practice. Obviously, uh, in hospitals and uh, other parts of the system, they have the OPAL ratings, which are, you know, shared with everybody. And we get told about black alerts and, uh, and asked to change our behaviour. Obviously, it's quite nice to be able to share back what's happening in general practice. And traditionally, there was a bit of a kind of blank slide at that point where everyone said general practice is very busy. And the hospitals would sort of go, well, how busy? You've got, you've got nothing to, to tell us. GPAS has stepped into that space um, and is a way of us being able to communicate how, how busy general practice is. Um, so we are extremely grateful to you for filling that out every week. It is used. Again, we went back to the ICBs uh, locally and said, how are you using this? Um, and again, it was good to hear that they are using this data in uh, resilience forms. They are using this to talk to 111. They are using this uh, to, again, step into that space with other local providers and actually uh, put something behind that statement of general practice is busy. Um, we also share this far and wide. So we share this uh, with, with MPs. Uh, we share this with NHS England uh, so that we can communicate the pressures. Um, and, and I've had um, emails from, from Claire Fuller around this. So it is being noticed. So we do really, really appreciate you filling that out um, and, and particularly the comments. The comments are read by people. Um, we had a conversation with Healthwatch uh, recently, again, saying that they, they they read those comments and they also share them to try and increase public understanding of uh, perhaps the media misconceptions of, of what we are doing in general practice versus our true reality. Um, anything you wanted to add on that, Will? Yeah, I, I, again, grateful to every practice, practice manager, admin members of staff that may be completing this. I think we would um, put another plea out there. We, more information is always going to make this tool more powerful. And so if you are in a practice that perhaps isn't reporting back on GPAS, can we just make a, a plea of, I know yet another job, which um, we know is sort of another straw on the camel's back, but this is one straw that might make a difference beyond your practice and might later further on down the road have an impact on, on what we can uh, do to support you and what the system recognises in being able to support practices and the pressure that general practice is under. So a plea to all practices, please, if you can fill it in, it will really help um, the message getting out there for the pressure that primary care is under. And thank you in advance for listening to our plea on this, and we hope it will help you in the future. So from one kind of system to another, uh, we then got a little bit of information around the, the new cervical screening management system, sadly titled CSMS, which is uh, coming out. Um, and this is just really kind of, again, a public service announcement, really, that this is coming uh, and you just need to check in your practice that someone knows about this and that you are ready in your practice. If you don't know about it and it's a surprise, um, then contact, uh, there's some contact details in the newsletter, or you can look on the CMS. CSMS homepage again, link in the newsletter uh, to check that that's okay. So hopefully someone within the management structure in your practice is onto that. But otherwise, uh, if you aren't um, or they, someone isn't, then do have a quick look at that. Uh, then we move on to the GPC England and RCN, so it's the Royal College of Nursing joint statements around the pay uplift. Oh, this caused a lot of contention, didn't it? Where it was one of yeah. those things where 
things were announced nationally and, um, uh, and then expectations were set um, and the RCN published a letter really setting expectations for their members um, at a time where actually uh, GP practices weren't able to meet those expectations because negotiations were still ongoing at a national level and nobody knew what the answer was. Uh, so we've covered this in previous newsletters all around the um, DDRB recommendation and yeah, this sudden widening of it from just doctors and dentists to suddenly all salary practice staff. And then all of this crunchy negotiation that's gone off um, gone on rather at a national level of trying to translate that into how do we actually get a payment towards uh, practices that allows them to do this um, and I think we've been through in fairly detailed way recently how the 6% doesn't necessarily translate actually into a 6% uh, because of how the calculation's been done nationally. Um, we've been through all of that detail, but this is basically an acceptance by the RCN of actually that reality, um, that 6% doesn't actually equal 6%. So they've written a joint statement with GPC England to say, actually, it may not end up as 6% for a multitude of factors. Um, so uh, that if your uh, nurses have only seen the first part of the message and got their expectations high, you need to make sure that this is shared with them as well so that they are accepting of whatever you are able to pass on as a practice. But yet again, we would encourage you to pass on everything that has been passed to you, that you do that, um, but mindful of what you have been given and therefore what you are able to pass on, realising it may not total the 6% pay uplift. Yeah, I think it's important to note that it's a really good statement. It's very clear. It's concise. It's from um, Katie Bramlestain, who's the chair of GPC England, with Patricia Marquis, who's the director of the RCN of England. And importantly, at the end, it also notes the future um, plans to collaborate between GPC England and the RCN going forwards, which I think is a, a very positive part of the yeah. message um, for Absolutely. our nursing teams to make sure that they, they know that they're part of a, a, a mm -hmm. general practice team, which is hugely valued, a key part of how we deliver care to our patients and so working together will be really fruitful for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And um, then we talk around uh, support. So we've got a little article from the, the Cameron Fund. So the Cameron Fund is the GP's own charity. It's a medical benevolent fund that solely supports general practitioners and their dependents. And that's from the moment uh, that a GP becomes a GP trainee onwards um, and therefore financial needs. So we've got a thank you from them to su for supporting them, but also a bit of a plea because uh, obviously we're in challenging times and therefore uh, we're seeing, unsurprisingly, as the rest of the country is in struggling with cost of living we're seeing uh, GPs not exempt from that in terms of people falling on hard times for all sorts of different reasons and circumstances so just a bit of a reminder that they are there but also if you have extra money and you're thinking of where might I give it to uh, then the Cameron Fund is a very very worthy cause and the details are in that article um, talking of worthy causes we've got a fantastic piece of news from one of our practices that have been recognised for an outstanding piece of work uh, so this is the RCGP Daffodil Stand GP Practice of the Year for Outstanding Palliative Care. And this has been awarded to Portsdown Group Practice in Portsmouth. Um, so we would want to say a huge congratulations to them. This is for their exceptional dedication and tireless efforts in enhancing end-of-life care for patients and their families. So there's a press release there and also how the Daffodil Standards can help your practice. And I think we're looking to do a new podcast with them about what they've done, how they've gone about it. Um, so look forward to that coming out. 
that. Uh, in terms of other things coming up, we've got a few things on education and events that you might want to look into. We've got emergencies in cancer care. Uh, that's on Friday the 19th of January, uh, a little lunchtime one there that you can join us for. Uh, and we've got a bite size for managers coming up on time management, delegation and organisational effectiveness. Uh, and that is on Thursday the 14th of December. And again, that's a short, nice short uh, two hour course there. So that brings us to the end of our newsletter for this time. We hope that you've enjoyed joining us for this and uh, we wish you a very good week ahead. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.